Hey everyone, welcome to episode 92 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Dr. Neil Brown, the Chief Diagnosis Officer of K-Health. Without further ado, let's bring him on. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Another another week. It's uh, we're almost towards the end of 2020. It's, I think uh, everyone's looking forward to 2021 and kind of seeing what the year is going to look like. But uh, I'm excited to continue doing this podcast and to have you on as a guest. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I uh, I'll echo your sentiments. I don't think anyone is going to say good, you know, a fond goodbye to 2020. Yeah, it's it's people want to just get through it as quickly as possible. I think at this point, so no doubt. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there. Uh, my name is Neil Brown. I'm the uh, chief diagnosis officer for K Health. Uh, I am an ER doctor by training. Uh, I went to school at Tulane in New Orleans, and then did my residency at the University of Illinois in Chicago and spent the next 15 years working clinically uh, in emergency departments. Um, loved it. Best people in the world that you'll work with are, are the folks that are working in your ERs. They are a unique breed. Uh, but about four years ago, I, I met a few guys that were starting up a new healthcare company called K-Health, and we sat down and talked, and I ended up sort of changing direction at that point. Um, you know, I... I you see, the, you see the problems in the healthcare system and uh, you feel like you can't change them. And then, you know, once I met these guys and talked to them, it really looked like that we had a chance to make a difference. And that's, that's kind of where the big change occurred. Yeah, I, I heard about K-Health kind of, you know, like a lot of these uh, telehealth companies in the space probably earlier this year. And it was really interesting to kind of hear um, about what you were doing uh, in the space. And I believe the company has, has ties to Israel, right? Is, uh, Correct. Yeah. Um, that was pretty interesting. And I, I always, it, it seems like Israel as a whole is really known for their security and, and how secure like all their platforms are. And um, so I really liked hearing that, that there was ties to Israel in that regard. Um, I, I think especially in, in regards to healthcare, you want to hear yeah. that security is, is at the, at the forefront, but I'd love if you could tell us more, I guess, let's kind of go through the, the YK health, how things work, and then kind of what, what areas of healthcare you address, if that, if that makes sense. Fair enough. I'll give you a kind of a quick two minute uh, overview of, of how things work and how this started. Uh, the initial goal of K-Health was to be able to provide people, uh, regardless of their ability to access healthcare or pay or whether they had a doctor, have access to real, true, legitimate information. Uh, not something that you would Google, uh, not something that your uncle told you, but something that was based on fact. And we uh, had access to a massive data trove of information from Maccabi, which is one of the large HMOs in Israel. And... Uh, through some phenomenal engineering, we're able to take all of that data and essentially create a language out of it. And that language was, was able to interact with a user 
who had a health problem that, and it would literally ask them questions in a smart, intelligent way, just as if you were speaking with a doc were in an office type situation. And by the end, it would be able to drill down uh, and give you some information on what type of condition you might have. Um, and it's stratified for your age, uh, it's stratified for your sex, it's stratified for your health information because it came from data. It did not come from a handwritten um, uh, algorithm or decision tree. And it was really, really uh, powerful information. It was very interesting. But the downside was that we were providing information for people and, you know, by the nature of the healthcare system, they couldn't do a whole lot with it. So what we ended up doing is building our own medical system on top of that. And we're basically trying to reinvent primary care and remote care. We have a, an intelligent uh, platform that delivers to a doctor an intelligent conversation uh, with what is essentially a history of present illness, uh, review of systems, all of their information, uh, allergies, past medical history, social history, et cetera. And when the doctor sees this information, they are 95% of the way to where they, they can sort of talk to the user and say, this is what I think you have. Um, and in doing this way, we were able to charge uh, a really, really low uh, fee. It's less than a copay. Uh, access is not an issue. And now we're at the point where we've gone from one state where we're working a few hours a day to 49 states, 18 hours a day, and we are seeing probably 2,500 people a day on the platform, and that only increases. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I downloaded the app a while back. I, I feel like it's just important for me to test these different platforms, right? And uh, I can really see the time that you spent for like the, the overall user experience, which I think is one of the most important things, no matter whether we're talking healthcare or, you know, social media, right? It's, uh, absolutely. so I, I can tell the, the level of detail that you and your team put into the platform. Uh, what, what was some of the things kind of going on? It, I've, I've had a lot of digital health companies on the podcast over the last year. And I always like to ask this question, right? How, how did things get affected uh, as a result of COVID positively, negatively? And it seems like it's been for, for these organizations, it's a positive because it kind of moved the space forward several mm -hmm. years, but uh, I'd love to hear your take on it as well. You hate to call it a positive, but uh, that, that, I mean, that is what it was. And it was a positive in the sense that it moved the perception of telemedicine from a fringe afterthought to the delivery mechanism of choice for medical care. I was working in emergency rooms, uh, and I do now as well, at the same time as this started, and they all, most of the volume dried up in, in where we were working. But people were still sick or they weren't feeling well, and they had nowhere to go. And so for us, what we ended up doing, we ended up uh, providing for people that had COVID symptoms or COVID concerns, they could come talk to a doctor for free. Uh, we had a corona assessment. We were able to risk stratify them. We could give them advice on whether they should, should go to a hospital or quarantine or isolate. Uh, and it was a free service. Uh, we had uh, maps on the app that showed where the outbreaks were relative to where they lived. We had uh, another map that showed where you could go get tested uh, for COVID. We partnered with the state, uh, with, with LSU in Louisiana, and provided uh, free COVID assessments uh, for Louisiana residents for the month of April. Um, and we really, really ramped up our behavioral health programs because one of the biggest needs we saw was mental health. 
people couldn't get in to see their doctors, couldn't get med refills, couldn't see a therapist. And to say those were stressful times is an understatement. Uh, so we built out a mental health, behavioral health program, um, and it's grown to the point where we've got about 10,000 people who we help manage who fell through the cracks of traditional behavioral health. So I'd like to think that, again, COVID wasn't a positive per se. It, I don't think we could have done this a year ago. We could have had all the technology to do it. Uh, we have a great platform, but nobody that nobody knew that they needed it in November of 2019. And now nobody wants to sit in an ER waiting room because if you go in there with a back injury or sinusitis, you're going to leave with an infection. Um, and you know, nobody wants that. Makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, from, from what I've heard from a lot of these companies, it basically, as you just said, it kind of brought us forward. Um, and, and, uh, the perception of telehealth, it, it definitely showed that like, Hey, you can actually do a ton of, uh, a ton of what, it, what would be needed with telehealth. Um, and I think Cahill's positioned itself really well in this space and we'll continue to do so. I think we're just getting started. I think, um, obviously telehealth is really being leveraged to the fullest extent right now, just given everything going on with the pandemic. But I, I still believe that it'll it'll be huge in the healthcare ecosystem even after, you know, even post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. And I, I know from my, my friends and peers that do not do telemedicine, who, you know, work still in an office setting, how hard things have been for the last seven, eight, nine months. A year ago, when I was, you know, with K-Health, they didn't really see it as a, uh, again, it was sort of a niche sort of thing. Now, I mean, they call you up and ask how they can, they can do telemedicine. Um, it's the perception across the sort of uh, the medical world has changed. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's all these different, uh, it seems like everyone wants to either start a telehealth company or join a telehealth company at this point yeah. too. It's like, it's, it's cool now. Right. Even though it was always, it was always like that. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would caution that it, it, it is not as easy as it might look. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of these new companies getting started too. Um, some, some realize and some fail to realize is like, K health didn't just get started because of the pandemic. Like this was already, <laughs> this was something that mm -hmm. took, you know, years that, of, of a process, even all the other companies out there too, like the ones that are just turning this like type of offering on because of the pandemic, like those are the ones I worry about a little bit compared to like, obviously the K health and some of the other players in the space, mm -hmm. because they were, you were planning on, being here before a pandemic, right? So absolutely. No, we 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 want to remake primary care. We want to remake remote care. We we know that it doesn't really work. COVID notwithstanding, um, there are too many people who simply don't have access to care that they can afford. Um, and we are in a position, again, regardless of COVID, uh, to fill that significant gap uh, and fill it for a huge number of people in a way that. Uh, Ultimately, I think it will become the the norm uh, and not the exception. I truly believe that. Yeah, I think it'll just continue to get even more sophisticated, right? Then it's it's already 
kind of move forward in the right direction because of the pandemic and will only get better as we move forward. No question. No question. The way, the way the world is changing with, uh, your ability to monitor people at home, record data, uh, act in real time. I mean, you know, the days where you are going to take your notebook with two months of blood pressures in it and show it to your doctor, we're not doing that. We're going to, we're, we're going to check it every day. You know, we can, it's easy for us. It's, 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 uh, it's such a huge advantage uh, having easy access all the time and to have an engine like the K app engine to help us, you know, load information, just, you know, it's tremendous. Absolutely. Where, where can people learn more about uh, K-Health? They can download the app just from the app store uh, or they can go to our, our website, you know, khealth.com. Um, yeah, that, just get the app, take a look at it, play with it a little bit. It's, it's very easy to use. It's, it's like you said, it's friendly. Um, and uh, certainly if you ever have a health need of any kind, uh, we have doctors available for you if you have a problem. K Health app will probably answer your questions for you. About 80% of the people that come get what they need off the app. Perfect. And I'll throw uh, some of the links to, to social media and to the website on the show notes so the audience will be able to take a look at that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again so much for, for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Wish you all the best of luck and can't wait to keep following the progress of K Health. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of healthcare solutions and services to power the future of healthcare. Through Block Health, healthcare professionals and organizations can use their credentialing data for more. They can use the platform to store their credentialing and licensing related documents, fill out a smart common application that could be used to order multiple different services like provider enrollment, state license registration, state license renewals, and much more. To learn more about Block Health, please go to www.elochealth.com. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, you can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.